0: You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this Justin, the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends, with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes.
1: Thank you for joining me today on This Justin Radio. I had an amazing time this year at the HIMSS Annual Conference as we aired This Justin Radio live from the show floor, our fourth year in a row, and thankfully, they always get better. Thank you very much to all of my amazing guests that came by to share their time and thought leadership. Many thanks to the show sponsor, Lenovo Health, and certainly many thanks to Roberta Owens and the Healthcare Now Radio team for producing the show. We've compiled all of the guest interviews to share with you in this broadcast, but look for many more in the coming weeks. You'll also find these interviews on our archive channels. Just check in at thisjustinradio.com. We hope you enjoy these Hem's 18 recordings as they are all in their true environment with 40,000 healthcare and health IT leaders all around us. As this year, we placed our studio right in the middle of all the action and you'll be able to hear the energy and hopefully feel it as well. Enjoy.
2: I appreciate you being here. So Genevieve Lawrence, here's Boris, we for health IT. Onc oh, and I guess HHS. I always say Onc HHS. But, okay, right, I got it. So thank you first of all. Thank you very much for joining the think tank this morning. Um, being live on air with us here. So I guess maybe um, a very similar talk. You gave me Your talk this morning it was fantastic, and I know that you've lost your voice a little bit. You're getting it back. I was warned a couple days ago. I think by Jamie, Dr. Yeah. Jamie Skipper said uh, that your voice was was a little under the weather. I at least
3: don't sound like Mark Simpson anymore.
2: So that's a plus. <laughs> you know. Right. So what did happen? Really quick.
3: I uh, had a little bit of a vocal cord injury. Okay. That's slowly recovering.
2: You're from your American Idol tour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, so give us a little bit. So this is, uh, I mean, your your talk this morning was fantastic. You had a little bit of an ONC policy update yeah. and a little bit of a TEFCA update. Yeah. So I would love, uh, yeah, the kind of the floor is yours. That's sure. fantastic.
3: So I think you can start with a couple of the more innovative things that mm-hmm. ONC is doing. And so from an innovation perspective, there's uh, a couple of projects that we have underway. Um, one is around something called FlatFire, whatever you want to call it. We call it population-level data. But it's basically the concept of, you know, when Fire was created, it was for individuals or know physicians or patients to access their data using Fire, API, which is a great use. But you might want to also do other things with those Fire APIs, like have servers automatically ask for data on your FHIR and maybe pull that data together so you can do some local analytics. Cool so in order to do that, we are working with HL7 and the Smart on Fire folks and a few other folks out something called flat fires, which would allow back-end servers, all under, of course, the requirements of GitHub, to be able to pull population-level data, so, you know, five, six hundred thousands of patients all at one time, so you can pull it either into your data warehouse or data lake, whichever you prefer, earn, yep. and do the analysis you want to do. Um, so that project is ongoing, and I think we actually are expecting to have a first version of that spent maybe later this year, or early next year. Um, So that's exciting work. We also have a project with payers and providers called P2, which is a task force. Um, The payers sort of understood there's there's some new ways that we can get clinical data to do the things we need to do. Um, And we want to do that perhaps without having to build 20 million interfaces. And so they're really excited about some of the potential uses of fire. And they want to actually roll some things out in real time, or not real time, but roll things out faster than perhaps they're used to. Um and so they asked us to the assets can be itself force for them so that they as payers can work together and come to agreement on some use cases. So that maybe, you know, since physicians work with multiple payers that they're all using and with the yeah, PI, it becomes easier for those positions to um, connect. so we have those things going on. Those are the more innovative things. Yep. Um, and then we have the trusted exchange framework and company, which again, depending on your opinion, innovative, not innovative you can't say
2: it's great foundational work that we do as a country. It
3: is, correct. And you know, there's there's all the really cool sexy stuff everyone wants to do. And there's just like the hard hard work right. stuff. Yep. I personally prefer the hard hard work yes. stuff. I think it's important to get us where we need to go. So that's what I focus on you. Um, and so what you can say about the trust exchange framework is it's not the status quo. Um, I think Congress sort of made very clear that we are not happy with the status quo. It is not working for physicians. And for patients, primarily. It might be working for some folks, it's not working for a lot of folks. So in the trust exchange framework, what we're trying to do is help enable health information that works to connect to each other, to be able to share information both for physicians, for individuals, for long-term care, behavioral health, and community and social services. Not all of that is to one stuff, obviously, we have to board over time. But we think that this will give us more it on ability um, we focused in on some of the principles, the um, for exchange, as well as um, some of the minimum terms and conditions where folks just have to agree with me or are to have exchange. Um, so the draft was released in January. We got 220 comments, which I'm almost done reading. Not going out to go and see, but I am at least, um, and we're working through those trying to try and figure out, you know, what our next steps are. Excellent.
2: So let you ask some questions. Yeah, no, no, This yeah. is fantastic. Cause also um is a great question. I'll give the um, the plug to Lee Rochelle, our, our yeah. friend from Alls Group. She has a great question around some of the themes. I know that you're still in it, you know, you're still reviewing all the comments, but maybe a couple five minutes or so on the themes that you're you're yeah, seeing as sure. part of these comments. And I
3: will note um, for everyone that all of the comments are posted publicly up on yeah. our website, so we're going to post out a link to it in uh, probably tomorrow's ONC newsletter. I will try to remember to tweet it out today, try I have this for a spare second. Yeah. Um, but they are up on our website, so you can read all 220 comments. <laughs> <in there. laughs> so, a couple of the things we've heard uh, by and large, everyone was very supportive of having a recognized Canadian entity, which is an industry based, most likely not for profit, non profit organization that's operationalized this. Yeah. Um, everyone agreed the policy probably isn't the right group to do that, Fine. Uh, folks disagreed a little bit on how much authority they should have, but everyone sort of understands the need to have a mutual convener who has realized stakeholder engagement from all across all the peer continuum in uh, We also heard from folks sort of two flavors that you were too, too aggressive. Right. aggressive. One was on timelines for standards, uh, which, fair comment, uh, you know, I think, folks know i well enough to know where i was a little optimistic perhaps well on your you're mind. also trying
2: to push the industry forward a little bit
3: correct right i mean i think we want to signal to the industry yeah. where we're going yeah. um and so we heard that comment and then the sort of the second flavor of too aggressive is you're asking us to do too much too quickly um you gotta crawl before you walk before you run um and to that i would say we've <laughs> been crawling for many many years yeah. We need to I call it dragging the
2: position. anchor, I was just talking about that yes. in your last slides, Like we're just dragging the anchor. We have, or, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and
3: like this thing, you know, I worked on the interoperability roadmap, and, you know, we heard the same thing, right? Like you're trying to move too quickly. Right. And at some juncture, um, we just have to accept that we have to make a decision and move the ball forward yeah. and not continue to keep the kid down the road. Yep. Because it's never going to come, right? So we want to, you know, we want to move past the status quo, we want to be reasonable, but we also want to stretch. Um, and so, you know, we want to try and work with folks to figure out what some of that happy middle ground will be. Guaranteed 50% of people will be unhappy well, So we heard those comments, and then we did also hear a lot of, you know, we standards over to implementation guides, very fair comments, standards change rapidly. And again, that's finding the right balance between... What you put in an implementation guide versus what you put in an agreement. Right. And so, you know, we're working through things like identity proofing levels. You know, does that go in an implementation guide? Does that go in an agreement? You know,
1: there's you know, some slight areas that we really have
3: to think through carefully. But overall, I think folks agree with um, the world we're trying to create and with our goals. It is really easy to agree with goals and say, how
2: you get Very true. That's welcome to Capitol Hill in a lot of ways. That's right. No. Well, you guys are doing a great job. So, what what interoperability advancements should we expect by doing some of this laborious laborious work and and, uh, the grunt work that we can do as a country? What what, would be the end result? What should we expect the next two or three years from some of this work? I hope in the
3: next two or three years we'll have a a couple of things. We uh, proposed this concept of a single on ramp to interoperability in the trust exchange framework. And we didn't mean a literal single on ramp, we meant figurative, right? So, what I'd like to see in the next two to three years is if I'm a physician or a patient or a long term care facility, I really only want to maybe join one network. I might want to join multiple, right? Right. So, to give the example, I have a work phone and I have a personal phone because I work for the government. Two different networks, right? That's okay. They're two totally different purposes. I would actually really prefer if I could just have one phone and one network. I'm just going to say that. Obviously that's not the cool. Um, But I think a lot of folks want that that network capability where if I want to work with five different people, I don't want to build five different interfaces or join five different networks. I might just want to join one. And so trying to figure out how we get to a place where can offer different services, but maybe not make me join all of them. I think that's hopefully some of what we're getting to. I think on the patient and individual access side of things, um, with the FHIR APIs and with, with some of the, the companies out there who are the big names, who I won't mention, but who are the consumer type of uh, products, I think we're gonna see them taking advantage of the fire APIs um, and trying to figure out how to get data to the end of consumers working on. One thing I think we need to think about is we still have a menu that many problem. Yes, we do. And every provider is their own prior endpoint. And I think we need to be very, very smart about how we facilitate that so that we don't end up with the same exact issues. We have what directors rolled out, which directors out, Yes. how how interfaces were rolled out. I think we need to be smart about that and we're definitely from an C perspective of Talking with a number of other countries who are starting with Fire APIs as their first connectivity piece to figure out how they're using networking capabilities to enable access. So, I think in the next two to three years, I'm very hopeful that we're going to start to see a market who understands that we should not be competing with data. That the data should be freed up and you should figure out how to make your money on the spot with better services. I have a broken record on this. Every other industry has done it. Why can't
2: they? Right. I completely agree. So in our closing, 38 seconds or so, now, can yeah. you give us a quick glimpse of what you see from this administration? You gave a couple of great
3: points this morning, so maybe we can look forward to for this administration on the health policy side. Yeah, so we have a couple, from the o and perspective, we have a couple of things rolling out. We have the, um, the regulations certainly that we're working on, the cures that it's Information warning exception, uh, conditions, certifications, and things around the test- framework, explained the framework that will be to 2018. We announcement from CMS yesterday on LUN 2.0 and yes, ILD data, uh, which I, I did forget to say at the get to. Theoretically, free access to EOB data, which I actually think could be quite powerful if yes. you can figure out how to operationalize it. Right. Uh, yeah. I think there's going to be some innovative folks who figure out how to
2: do
3: that. For sure. Um, so there's I
2: there's. have and we'll talk a lot about that right. later right. on. Excellent. So, yeah.
3: Excellent. And then some other things is you know we are looking to um, rethink, maybe use some APIs, yeah. and restructure yeah. around interoperability. We're working very closely with CMS around yeah. that, and yeah. as we think about restructuring around interoperability, yeah. We're also trying to figure out how we can restructure some of those measures to take advantage of health IT rather than making physicians check another box. Um, how do you make use of some of the automated features that we'll have in a way? Right? Thinking around clinical quality measures, so we're thinking about that. And then just from a more general perspective, you know, Secretary, you are going to the Federation of American Hospitals on Tuesday, Monday. Monday.
2: I, know today. I, know. Yeah. I guess,
3: yeah, and he said, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm actually all for pragmatic and but sometimes you have to make mistakes. Right. And I think we're we'll at the point of making out even his point was, sometimes that means people are going to be disrupted, and not all disruption
1: is bad. That, and that's okay. Some disruption right. is good. That's right.
3: And I understand that that means that some businesses will not exist in two to three years. I think we have to be less afraid of disrupting businesses that are not providing value, and more afraid of the fact that we have massive patient safety issues because data is not being shared. But at the end of the day, I care, because yep. it's very personal for me, about getting data for our to be one needs to be there, so we care for That's
2: fantastic. I love it. Thank you very much. I will say, um, you have a great collaborator in your office, Stephen Posnack. Yes. He's a uh, student. Dr. Posnack, yes. he's known. Doctor, yes. yes, he's amazing. He's been phenomenal. He's fantastic. Yeah, working for about 10 years now. I, I love him. Great guy. I've worked with
3: OMC for six years as a contractor. And, before this, and yep. all of the team is fantastic. Incredibly hardworking. Very, very thoughtful. And at the end of the day, we, we all want to do what's best for the American public. So true. It doesn't mean we're always going to get it right, but that is our goal, and it's great to work with
2: different people. You know, yeah. to be Moore, thank you very me. much for joining the show. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Excellent. All right, Dr. Skipper, you're next. So thank you very much, Dr. Jamie Skipper, CEO of Elevation Health and also a former ONC research scientist. Absolutely. And, uh, and a long term friend, you and I, yeah. we worked together on Capitol Hill for, oh gosh, 10, 12 years now. Yeah. Uh, you were with Dr. Gingry's office, uh, and that's when I first met you, but you've been a great collaborator, so thank you very much.
0: Yeah,
2: it was a great time back then watching high tech just come into play. It was a few years right before high tech got, yeah. got passed, so yeah. Um... Closer. Closer. Okay, There you go. It. Got it. Because um, actually, yeah, the, micro- the radio microphone's picking up perfectly with the mouse, so we out here. Uh, hear you. But then also, um, thank you for being a great collaborator in the Think Tank. You have been a great uh, addition. You've been there since day one. You've been at all three Think Tanks and you've just been a great helper there. So thank you.
0: Yeah, it was really great to be part of that. Thanks for letting me join in and we have some great
2: conversations. Yeah, we're going to be publishing a lot of that out. So everybody everybody online listening, you'll be seeing um, the Think Tank. I know AMS is publishing some stuff, but Health Data Management is going to be doing a lot more uh, in the coming weeks, publishing some great content. Uh, Diana looked for some stories by Diana Manos, uh, for sure, on the think tank. But um, let's dive in. So what healthcare or health care or you know, health IT trends are you seeing out in the industry?
0: So I think, so I've been, in, I've been looking at it from the DC lens for a number of years. So uh, I was at ONC for seven years now, wow. and just last, last year. At least 12 Too years. Long, yeah. <laughs> Too <laughs> long. Too <laughs> <So>, no, <laughs> long. Great. Not as long as you've known LA, but... I <laughs> believe yeah. so, yeah, you
2: Yeah. Let me say 30 plus years, but, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, but no. Um, so, you know, I've been working at ONC for a number of years, listening to the trends from maybe my vantage point. So mm-hmm. when you talk to different people about what they're seeing in the health IT span. Sure, yeah. I mean... You know, there's so many things you can name, but from my point of view, so at ONC, I was um, really looking at how to build data infrastructure to liquidate data, of course, with the privacy controls and protecting data, but trying to get the data accessible for researchers to really look at the data and think about physician medicine and think about you know health outcomes, making sure that when I go to the doctor, I'm getting the best care. And that's not just based on altruistic motives, it has to be based on data. So how can we get the data out there? So back to your question about the, um, the trends that I've seen. Yeah. I think it's really exciting to see more data liquidity at least being talked about. Yes. Um, I think it's really nice that you know, just walking in this amazing zoo of... 44,000
2: uh, people and 1,200 exhibitors or whatever.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I just am overwhelmed by how many people are in this together to try to figure this oh, out. And so we're still really are working on interoperability, and that's one of the trends that everyone is talking thank you. about. Yes, thank you. yes, finally, right? Yes. I think the trust exchange framework is going to be really key. Um, I think just the nuts and bolts of getting the data out there and really listening to a lot of folks, even the other day, um, you know, from Google, Eric, talking about using standards and getting geeky and talking about Fire and Smart on Fire was... Just you know, it was just amazing.
2: Eric Schmidt, um, founder and chairman of Google. Absolutely. Speak. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then I think that it's really awesome to continue to see the patient voice grow and grow. And uh, you know, it started a number of years ago, just getting a real good home. I think uh, the patient-centered outcome research folks really, really changed the game, especially in the research side, to make sure, uh, you know, being a researcher myself, working at NIH, it was amazing to see PCORI come in and say, we're not gonna fund you unless you have patients on your panels designing the research, making sure that the information that's coming out is actually meaningful to the people that it's gonna be used for. So those are the trends that I'm seeing, you know, liquidity, uh, interoperability, and really, putting that patient at the center. And what I'd love to see in the future is even more designing from the ground up, putting the
2: patient in the front. So what do you, that's fantastic. So tell me, look, look, you know, what are some of the best practices um, or guidance you would give people to begin to deploy or, or move in that direction to, to jump into the opportunity there with best practices that we just talked about?
0: yeah so you know it's definitely a give and take i was just talking to folks from lenovo about you know the tension and and in terms of you know you you when you're when you're a small business and and now i am one now too so you know just started elevation health consulting being that startup you're trying to feed your family you're trying to pay bills you know and uh, so trying to uh, get the sale out there getting the clients that that's just fundamental to just staying alive and so Trying to get folks like that to be able to step back and say, when I design from the beginning, why? Why am I designing this? What am I doing? There's a famous speaker, Simon Sinek, that always tells folks to go He's back. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. I'll have an audience right now.
2: You, know, you need to go check out Simon Sinek and his couple of his videos are all on YouTube.
0: Absolutely. He always, he says there's three things. There's a why, there's a how, and there's a what. And a lot of times folks, Especially you know, in, in our field, they're, they've got the what, and then they're trying to say, how can I use the what for the how? And then they try to kind of layer in the why because they've got the stuff already designed. But if we can start with the why, right. then we can so really address a lot of the things that we're dealing with. On the research side of things, Uh, I really love what Kikori is doing in terms of saying, we're doing research for the patient. So let's ask the patient what we need to research, and we need to figure out how that data is going to be used. And how are the researchers that are going to ask those questions really get the data that matters to doing the research that matters to the patient? So that means, how are we going to get data from the clinical space? How are we going to get the data from the payers? And then, how are we going to get the data from the patients, the patient reported outcomes yep. that are, you know, you, uh, Genevieve said earlier today uh, that 80% of care is done outside of the, the
2: hospital. Yes. Yeah. And it's on the ambulatory side, yes. Yeah. It's on the ambulatory yeah, side, we'll which is your background, one, right? With my background, yeah. Absolutely. I started in the acute, acute, now it's ambulatory. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you've got I a have, big background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I wonder you're I'm not old,
0: though. <laughs> 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 so figuring out how to take all of this data get access to that data and then make sense of it bringing it all into one place aggregating it normalizing it and then making it usable but here's the key doing all of that in a way that is actually
2: affordable because
0: you know there's capabilities and then there's affordable capabilities and that's really the tension oh
2: that's excellent so in a closing minute or so what do you what else do you hope to see and, and uh, achieve while at MZT?
0: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I really want to highlight, I'm, you know, if you haven't had the chance to check it out yet, is some of the things that the VA and DOD and NCI are doing um, on Elevation uh, Health Consulting's webpage, which is... Elevation Health You just, just watched
2: it. The website's fantastic by the way. Oh thank you, I thank it out you. A couple days
0: ago. Oh wonderful, wonderful. And you know, check it out, give feedback. So we just along with the website, we released a blog with NCI talking about this program that came out of the moonshot called the Apollo program. It is spectacular. It's it's exactly where we should be trying to go, where we're where they're taking not just genetic data, but proteomic data, and then making it available for developers to say, hey, we've got all of this data, come take this data, try to figure out how to make this more usable and and create apps and services that are going to make cancer care better. And so please come check out that blog and and take advantage, if you're definitely a developer, take advantage of those tools that NCI has put out.
2: Thank you, Jamie. Dr. Jamie Skipper, love what you're doing. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for all your collaboration through the years. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Excellent.
1: Thank you again for joining me for this aired recording from Hymns 18 live in Las Vegas. And please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific to always hear our latest shows. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HITAdvisor and use the hashtag ThisJustInRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you miss any of this episode or want to hear more, all of my radio shows are posted at ThisJustInRadio.com as well as on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Play and tune in. Also, check out the new website we've launched at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.